Are you struggling with irregular periods, mood swings, or headaches, and just don't know where to go for help? Girl, I feel you, and I'm so happy you're here. I've been where you are, and I've now learned how to heal my hormones. If you are ready to finally get to the root cause of your period problems, mood swings, yes, even postpartum, and lack of sex drive, then grab your notebook and pen, or crayon if that's all you can find, and get ready to listen in. Welcome to another episode on hormone healing. I'm your host, Dominique, and I am so excited because today we have Dr. Benoit on as a guest. Dr. Benoit is the founder of Wellkalua. She is a quintuple board certified physician and published author with expertise in integrative lifestyle medicine, functional culinary medicine, and nutrigenomics biohacker. All of these big words basically means that Dr. Benoit knows her stuff. She is somebody who you really want to go to, who you really want to listen to, and who you really want to work with if you are struggling with disease or just looking for disease prevention or looking to see how you can get to the root problem of what you are struggling with. Dr. Benoit is the person who will help you. She has always been fascinated by the human body. She has spent the last two decades looking at how all the systems in our body affect each other, how disease disease manifests itself and what we can do to enhance our own health and well-being. Her interests include nutrition and the microbiome, which side note, you know we love to talk about on here, the role of stress and inflammation in disease, applying mindfulness as a lifestyle practice, and disease prevention. Dr. Benoit's mission is to support an integrative approach to evidence-informed holistic well-being. Wow, I'm so excited to have her on. That was just a whole lot of information on Dr. Benoit, who clearly she knows what she's talking about. And I am so excited for you all to hear a little bit of her knowledge so that you can learn a little bit more and get to the root cause of your problems and understand a little bit more how nutrition can affect how you live. So Dr. Benoit, welcome. Thank you so much, Dominique, and thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here and to talk to your community about a, a, as much as I can share that I know. <laughs> Which I'm sure is quite a bit. So yeah, is there anything that I left out in that in that introduction that you would like the listeners to un, to know about you? Um, no, I mean, I, I think you, you covered all the technical things. Um, I think if we just have our conversation, really, I want to be able to provide people with the tools that they need to live their best life. Because at the end of the day, being sick, not feeling well is is a lot more, we make it more difficult than it has to be. So it's really about building that foundation and keeping things as simple and sustainable as possible. Yes, I love that. Simple and sustainable. That's something that I'm constantly coaching to to women is simple, sustainable lifestyle hacks that we can make throughout the course of our life that aren't just going to be a fad diet or something that we fall off the game wagon after six months. So love that. So just a, just a little bit more on you. What is a little bit like, why did you kind of get into what you did and why do you love what you do? Yeah, so I, I've been in um, in the health and wellness space for about three decades now, and um, I've done quite a bit of the conventional route of medical training as a medical doctor and taking care of patients in the hospital. 
And what I was finding with some of my earlier specialties, which was internal medicine, and then I also trained in anatomic, clinical, and cytopathology, which is really looking at the body on a um, cellular tissue organ level and seeing how diseases develop um, and watching how people get treated. And in the end, it's not like they're getting better or we're really making a, a improvement in their quality of life. And I'm like, and I started looking at this going, people really think that this is all genetics or they're, they are um, doomed to end up with this because their parents had this. But what I found in, in my research and what I'm seeing is that a majority of health issues, and I would say probably about 95% of diseases are our lifestyle. And that even comes to cancer, right? So less than 5% of cancers is actually genetic. Um, so that's where I started looking into what are the different lifestyle factors that can impact that from, you know, how you move your body, how you sleep to something we all do every day, which is eat food. And so that that's where I have a very heavy focus in my practice is the nutrition. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, with nutrition and, you know, people are trying to do so many things, but you can't put a roof on a house without building the walls, without laying the foundation. So people are missing that foundation to build off of in order for their cells to function. And that's what I spend a lot of time doing, making their cells function again. <laughs> Wow. Um, I love that analogy, actually. What you said is, well, actually, you said you said two things on there that I really, really struck out to me. Well, the first one was the the walls. You're trying to build your roof without the walls or the foundation of your house, which I see so many women coming and that's exactly it. They'll say, you know what? I tried X, Y, Z, but it really didn't work. So all of this is just BS and it's not going to work. But the problem is that they're not getting to the root cause, the underlying problem of what you just said is a lot of times 95% of it is our lifestyle, the way we're living. And they're not fully understanding that small tweaks and hacks can completely change, which leads to the second point that you mentioned, how our genes express. So that's another thing that I've heard a lot of women come to me say, they'll be like, well, I'm just doomed to always be overweight because I come from a long family, uh, um, a long line of people who are overweight, or I'm just doomed to, you know, struggle with migraines all the time because, you know, my mom struggled with migraines, my mom before me struggled with migraines, when in reality, just maybe switching up the nutrition or figuring out how to balance the hormones or figuring out, I mean, of course, there are always other underlying reasons. There always are. But like you said, 95% of our health is based purely on our lifestyle, which I find so interesting. Um, and I'm really glad you actually brought up that point because that's a really, really cool statistic to kind of point out to people, especially coming from you, a doctor who has so much experience in this field, I understand that, you know, sometimes hearing it from somebody who is a doctor, but isn't just a doctor who's going to just prescribe medicine, because I know sometimes a lot of people can start to not trust doctors anymore because they just prescribe medicine, but you're a doctor who's not just prescribing the medicine, but you're making sure you're healing the problem that is actually wrong. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would consider myself more of a fruit and veggie dealer. If anything. 
<laughs> no, not, not really in the drug space, but when, when necessary. I mean, here's the thing, right? We, we can say that is it, you know, nature? Is it nurture? What is it that's actually governing human health? And is it the presence of a particular gene or mutation? Well, just because you have that does not, uh, it might predispose you to that particular disease, but whether that disease manifests really depends on this complex inter interplay that we have between our environmental factors and our behavioral factors, which behavioral is really our lifestyle. And um, people don't realize that, you know, we have genes that are really critical to our functioning, but nutrition can modify those genes and how they get ex uh, expressed in the body. And um, that's where really looking at um, the nutrigenomics aspect, like the effect of these nutrients on the individual's uh, genetic makeup can really be impactful. But of course we know it's really hard to do studies on people to monitor exactly what they're putting in their body. It's one of, it's one of the hardest studies to do as opposed to an isolated drug study. Mm. Um, but we, we do know that dietary components impact the genome. They impact the uh, proteome, which is a total of all our proteins, and it impacts the metabol, uh, metabol which is all of our metabolites. So um, realizing that and kind of creating a um, little bit more intentional relationship with food and understanding that food is not just macronutrients like fatty acids and proteins, but it's also micronutrients like vitamins and then even bioreactive chemi chemicals. People hear me talking about phytochemicals all the time, like flavonoids, carotenoids, you know, phytoesterols, all this kind of stuff. And really looking at the big picture and trying to, to, like I said, make it simple and sustainable. I think we tend to take big food groups out and then we're creating this new kind of imbalance mm -hmm. uh, without like going, all right, this is really what I need to fuel my body for uh, cell growth, for cell replication in a healthy way. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's actually a whole module on my course that I teach when women come in is exactly that. I have um, a lot of women come into me who say, oh, yes, well, I'm, I'm low carb or no carb because carbs are the devil. And what they're not understanding is, like you said, they're just kind of looking at that macronutrient rather than the micronutrient piece and understanding that each piece of of each macronutrient, each carbohydrate, each protein, each healthy fat was created for a specific role in our bodies. Like I've also seen women come to me who say, well, I don't really eat fat. That's not good for me. Well, the problem with that is once you don't eat fat, guess what? Your hormones are made from fat and from cholesterol and cholesterol mm -hmm. is fat. And therefore you have to be eating fat in order to produce a healthy amount of balanced hormones. Now, of course, are there different kinds of healthy fats? Absolutely. Are there different kinds of, you know, you got your saturated fats and your unsaturated fats and all those things and kind of the same way with carbohydrates. Sure. Maybe you shouldn't be eating all of your processed white breads all the time, but to completely take an entire food group out isn't, first of all, isn't sustainable. And secondly, the reason it's not sustainable is because your body eventually is 
is not going to be able to keep up. Each macronutrient was created for a specific reason in your body. You talked a little bit about, um, you mentioned a little bit about um, intentional eating and making sure that you're intentionally eating in order to get to um, have nutrition really affect, affect your genes and things like that. Can you just talk a little bit more about what you mean by intentional eating? Yeah, so what I, what I mean by that is I think we get super obsessed into these, like you said, low-fat, no-fat diets or low-carb. Our body requires a balance of these in different amounts for different individuals. And that's really where paying attention to what does your body thrive off of. Um, and being intentional is also having that greater amount of self-awareness and all right, I ate this meal and after this meal, I really felt energized. I had a good night's sleep or I ate this meal and I felt lethargic and um, my, I, I, my brain was foggy, right? So that, that's what I mean by really being intentional, having that self-awareness, paying attention to what is going on in the body. And we, we know, like, there, there, there is studies out there. I mean, there was this study, it's an older study, but in, in a 2005 study, um, uh, in the Journal of Carcinogenesis, we found that nine key nutrients can affect our genes and the integrity of our genes in various ways. Um, for example, when you increase the amount of food that has folate, B12, niacin, vitamin E, retinol, and calcium, that can help reduce DNA damage, where things like riboflavin and biotin actually increase DNA damage. And that just makes me think about like all these girls who are taking these biotin um, pills for hair, mm. for hair loss, right? And the a percentage of um, biotin that they're getting in there is so high that they don't realize that they're potentially increasing DNA damage with this. So when it comes to supplementation, I find that um, supplements can be really, really good to what they are supplement a good diet. They will never replace a clean, wholesome diet, but they can um, support where maybe our food supply doesn't have the nutrients that say it had hundreds of years ago, right? So supplementation absolutely is useful, but this is where you want to test and not guess that what does my body need? Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Exactly like you said, test, not guess, because a lot of women will come and a lot of people just in general will come and they'll say, oh, well, I kind of self-diagnosed and I know I have this. So um, like I've had so many people, now this is kind of getting a little off topic, but they'll say like, for example, DIM, D-I-M, and they'll be like, well, I have high estrogen, so I need to use DIM in order to reduce my estrogen. And I say, well, were you tested for high estrogen? And they say, mm -hmm. no, I wasn't tested for high estrogen. I just think I do. But the problem with that is... Now they're putting a supplement into their body that their body might not actually need, and it's affecting a lot of a number of other systems. So kind of like your example with the biotin, I know a lot of women who do use biotin, and they're getting an excessive percentage into their body. So sure, maybe it might be helping a little bit of their hair growth, but in the process, how many other problems are you affecting in your body? And a lot of people think that... Um, this is a new trend, I think, that has kind of started to pick up speed is that you can cure something through supplementation. And that's not the case. Like you said, uh, supplements 
the exact word of supplement is meant to supplement. It wouldn't be called a supplement if it wasn't for the sheer purpose of supplementing your diet because supplements do not have the same potency or bioavailability, meaning that your body cannot completely digest and use the minerals and vitamins that are in it as opposed to a whole food. And so people can actually overdose on supplements. You did mention um, that a lot of people will have too high of a percentage of biotin within their body, which could cause cellular damage. Um, do you know what the percentage of biotin is that is recommended? Um, I do not know that offhand, but um, I mean, you can simply look that up with a recommended daily. You know, like you said, it's it's a matter of what are we getting from our food and then what additional stuff does our body need to function based off of our genes, our health conditions, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think one one of the things that you did mention, which I, I, I think we should touch upon, is um, the analogy I really like to give for supplementation is um, the Christmas tree analogy, where when you're hanging decorations on a Christmas tree, you are not going to do that on a brown, sickly looking tree, right? You, you, know, you, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. there. You, you always go pick out the of the, the tree that's very plush, smells really nice, right? And then you mm-hmm. decorate that. That's kind of how you can think of your body. Supplements are not going to hang well on a <laughs> tree if it doesn't have that foundation. So I always come back to the food. And, and re- the simplest way to start with the food is really remove the processed food. You, you know, no matter what dietary uh, family you believe in, um, I think we can all agree removing processed food is going to be key, right? So after you remove processed food, consider removing foods that have additives and preservatives and really going towards that whole food trend. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, phytonutrients are always going to be key. Um, There's just so much that we can get from plants. And I'm not talking about eating your one salad a week, um, which is... Sometimes what I see with some patients, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I had that. And it was an iceberg salad. <laughs> like, you're definitely not getting enough ingredients. Um, and, and, you know, I don't even need to name all the phytonutrients for you for me to see that you're, you're not getting enough to sustain your body. On a but side like, note, listeners, iceberg lettuce is probably the least nutrient dense lettuce <laughs> that you or green that you could put in your salad. OK, continue. <laughs> It, it does have some nutrients, but but I, but I always say let's do a little bit better, right? So when you're looking down at your plate, what can you add that is a real food? Um, you know, um, we and and then the other thing is really having that biodiversity. I find that individuals tend to eat the same breakfast seven days a week, the same lunch seven days a week, and then pretty much alternating, but pretty close to same dinners, right? Mm -hmm. And so in 21 meals in a day, the biodiversity that is needed to keep a healthy microbiome, it's just not there. It's just not there. And when I see patients start shifting that after working with me and understanding how food really can improve their health, I mean, I have some patients, they're like, Dr. B, I, I had 50 different uh, vegetables and fruits this week. And they're telling me these different combinations. Now, these are individuals who were used to the standard American diet. But then, of course, you know, some of them got cancer. And and, and now they're like, there must be a better way. And when when you see how 
individuals can really transform their health when they, they clean up their diet. There's no doubt that diet has an impact um, on their health. I mean, I had another patient yesterday that um, uh, was diagnosed with um, gastric ulcers and reflux. And her doctor put her on two medications and she asked, well, is there, is there anything I shouldn't be eating or is there any food that might be impacting this? Well, any disease is multifactorial, right? So stress will have an impact to play there. But he basically told her, no, you can go ahead and continue eating whatever you want, Mm. which if he knew her, he would know that she ate a highly processed chemical laden, um, additive laden diet, which we know is not going to heal that. Right. So, um, I think, like I said, we want to keep things simple, but we've made it more complex. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And you kind of touched on, um, processed foods and how, you know what, she came to you struggling with the gastric ulcers and you've seen other patients come to you who eat a lot of processed foods and things like that. How does processed food affect our genes how our genes is- express themselves. So for example, for our listeners, when you're, you might be wondering just one of these active working definitions by gene expression, we mean that you're not necessarily changing your genes, but you're changing how your genes act. So how Dr. Bonot was, would process food affect our genes? Just a couple of examples. Yeah. So you can think of processed food that, that we are eating, like it can, effectively implicate our DNA. So it can degrade the genes, it can fragment the genes. So then the genes that are really protecting us can't express what they were meant to express, meaning that they can't do the things that they were supposed to be doing, right? So it's going to affect the gene expression and eating junk food regularly is um, a known risk factor for cancer, for inflammation, for infection, for allergic reactions, for scarring your DNA. Mm. You know, so you got to think of it as in these the DNA is not something you can see or I can see unless I'm like doing the testing on it and, and I'm looking at it. But because it's such an abstract thing for us, we don't realize our everyday actions are influencing our genes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so how do you handle when, let's say people come to you and you're trying to explain this to them, or maybe they're not even coming to you. Maybe you just find them, you know, they're just, maybe you're even, they're even your family members or some of your friends. I don't know. But will people I notice will say things like, oh yeah, well, everything causes cancer. So I'm just going to keep eating whatever I want because all of that studies are, it's just over the top and crazy. How do you respond to that? Um, (laughs) well, that, that is very challenging, right? Because we still want to be able to enjoy our lives. Um, but I will tell you any person that has developed a disease or is going through a chronic illness diagnosis, um, uh, or is on multiple medications or dealing with cancer has come back to me and said, why didn't anybody tell me? Right. So this is where I want you to be proactive instead of living in a reactive world. I really want you to be proactive because the when the damage is done, it's a lot harder to reverse. Whereas if you prevent it, it's going to be much easier. If something, you know, comes up, you're going to be your body is going to be able to handle it a lot better. 
once it's been damaged, guess what? Those medications damage it even more. Chemotherapy, which is required for many, many cancers, what does it do? It destroys, it wipes out your gut microbiome, right? So then you spend years rebuilding your gut microbiome after your cancer treatment is done. And in the meanwhile, you develop an autoimmune disease because your gut microbiome was destroyed. So my thing is, and I think if we just open our eyes to the fact that prevention is going to keep us happier and healthier, that that's really where the emphasis should be. And I, I really want to keep people out of hospitals. Hospitals are great for emergencies like a broken leg or something like that. <laughs> but I want to keep you out of the hospital. And that's really up to what you're doing in your 24 hours of the day. Yes. Yeah. Your lifestyle, which you, you mentioned before, and, and we keeps coming up here now is, is that 95% of disease is usually from your lifestyle. And the other 5% just happens to be maybe genetics or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's what I really like. I know this can sometimes be very overwhelming for people to hear sometimes. Um, it is a lot. It really is a lot. I mean, for, for somebody like you and, and myself and others who maybe have started this lifestyle process slowly over the course of time, um, it, it might not be so overwhelming. But for our listeners who are listening in on this and they're like, oh my goodness, now I'm overwhelmed. Do I need to throw out all my food? Do I need to completely change all my products? Do I need to completely take a three, six, one eighty on my, my lifestyle and what I'm, what I'm doing. And they're just overwhelmed. And sometimes overwhelm can cause freezing and then no action is taken. What would be just some simple one, two or three pieces of advice or tips that you would give our listeners in regard to, um, how to make these simple nutrition, um, and lifestyle hacks in order to better set our genes up for health? Yeah, right. I don't want you to have paralysis over the amount of information. Um, so th the first place I would start is start small, because even if you're making 1% change every day at the end of a year, imagine how much that builds up. One small change spirals into another change, and then you do another change. So it, it actually works really, really well. Um, I would say start with one meal. Pick the one meal that's going to be easiest for you to focus on and, and really look at your plate. Look, look at your plate and be like, do I have the colors of the rainbow on my plate? There, there's a, a reason we have all these different colorful foods. They all have ingredients and you don't need to worry about what the ingredients and the phytonutrients and different things are in there. And that's why, like I said, I don't worry about like, oh, I need to eat this percentage of proteins and this percentage of fats and this percentage of carbs. I, I just want you to look big picture to start and look at the different colors. Am I getting variety? Am I eating the same thing? And start with that one meal. And then the next time you make that same meal, go, can I make it a little bit better? Maybe you start and you have two or three different vegetables on your plate. I'm, I'm pretty much up to eight to 10 different veggies in one meal now. Whether wow. that's making a wrap, making a salad, making a, uh, you know, uh, fresh spring roll, uh, lettuce wrap. Um, I've, I've gotten pretty good at it, <laughs> but, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I think um, giving yourself some uh, grace and going, all right, I'm on a journey. Like you're always going to be on a health journey as long as you're alive. It doesn't 
start one day and end another day until you know you you passed on. But as long as you're alive, there's always going to be something that you can continue to do. And so I would say start there. Then um, since I know that your community is really focused on hormone health, um, there's over 200 different hormones in our body. And these are, are different chemical messengers that are really, they're important for our metabolism, our immune system, menstrual cycle, reproduction. And consuming different foods with different nutrients can facilitate the production of those hormones. So if you are experiencing any um, of these, you know, whether it's a weight issue or infertility or something like that, like I said, starting to clean up the food, um, eating more whole foods, meaning like not out of a box, not out of a package is going to be a great start. Then, you know, then then you slowly shift into, all right, now I'm not going to use additives or preservatives or things with uh, food colorings, right? So small shifts um, all along the way. And I, and I talk a lot about this in my book, The Anatomy of Well-Being, and really how to make it simple and sustainable that you don't feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And then once you tackle the nutrition, you move on to something else. It, it's what, what I find is you want to eat the best diet, you want to have the best workout, you want to do this, but then you give up. It's kind of like that, that new year's, everybody joins the gym and nobody goes. Right. So this, that's, there's a reason that doesn't work. <laughs> Cause they're trying to do it all together at once. And, and like you said, there's a start and there's a finish, but like you said, there isn't a start and a finish. If you are alive, your health is constantly on a journey all the way until the day that you die. So you can't just be like, Oh yeah, I made this lifestyle change. Now it's over and I'm done and I've reached my goals it's going to continue. So once you've reached that one lifestyle change, that 1% change, find another 1% change. And now you have 2% change. And then once you get to that percent change, then add another percent change. Now you have 3% change. So that maybe by the time that you are 50, 60 years old, you're, you've completely changed around your lifestyle. You're living healthy. You're feeling great. And you know what? Even when you're 50, 60, 70, guess what? Your health journey still hasn't ended. It doesn't end until the day, technically, that you end. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really liked that analogy. I really, really did. Um, this was all awesome. You clearly have a lot of information um, for our listeners. And I really hope that some of our listeners are going to go come and find you after they listen to this podcast. I'm going to li- link all of um, your information and where our listeners can find you in the show notes. Um, it's so, so good to know that there are functional integrative doctors out there who are really looking at prevention rather than reaction. So looking at preventing the disease before the disease has even started. So just a quick recap for our listeners. Um, first of all, nutrition can affect how your genes act. So don't ever come, go and say that, oh, I'm doomed to always be acting this way or I'm doomed to always live this way because that's just how my genes are. Nutrition can change your genes. And if you talk with Dr. Benoit, she will get you the right plan to really help fix whatever it is that you were trying to fix, as well as myself being, being a nutritionist, myself and a holistic functional nutritionist as well. The two of us together can really help to get you what you need, whether it's for your hormone health or disease prevention or your gut flora, whatever it is. Next is Dr. Benoit's tips are if you are feeling overwhelmed, first start with one meal. 
just one meal. One meal, what can you change? What vegetable can you add in? What fruit can you add in? Maybe you have a slightly smaller portion of your white pasta and instead you change it out for your whole wheat pasta with a side of spinach. What is one meal that you can focus on that you can make a change in? Once you've made that one change in a habit, then you can focus on the next meal and then the next meal and then the next meal and so on and so forth until Dr. Benoit said that you eventually have your nutrition feeling like you have a good grasp on your nutrition. Then maybe you can move on to products or other things or whatever it is. The point is, is this does not need to be overwhelming. This should be simple and it should help you. So please, whatever you do, do not leave this episode feeling like you are struggling and overwhelmed and you just don't know where to go and know that Dr. Benoit is always there to help you. Like I said, I'm going to have her, her book as well as her website linked down below in the show notes so that you can reach out to her with any questions, because as we know, we love our functional doctors and I will also have all my information, as you guys all know, linked down below in the show notes. If you are struggling with any nutrition hormone balances specifically. Dr. Bono, it was so awesome to to talk with you today. Um, I I love just what you have to share. Um, it's been it's been awesome for our listeners. And um, is there anything else that you would like to leave with our listeners before we sign off? Um, yeah. So thank you so much, Dominique, for having me on the podcast. Like I said, I'm really. Um, like to see people on their journey to well-being. And, um, you know, one of the things I always say is hashtag cell care Mm -hmm. is self-care, right? So I want you to take care of yourselves to the best of your ability and um, really just focus there. Yes. All right. So thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this. We'll talk to you later. Did you learn something? I did learn something. Leave me a review. Leave me a review. Still looking for more help? I created a hormone balance plan that is easy, natural, and doable. Because that's what we need as busy moms. And I'm ready to share everything with you in your one-to-one hormone healing coaching. Check out the show notes for links and more details. See you inside.